Hey guys, what's up? It is Telly. It's Zach. It's Tony P. And Matt. And today on the TWA Family Hour podcast, we have another episode talking about our favorite songs off of each of our releases. Today is the album Life Cycles, our sophomore record that we dropped in 2012. And yeah, so today... Matt. This is when I come into the picture yeah. for the yes. first time. Besides the, the story this with Tony This is when we a. met you. Officially. Officially met me, yeah. Officially, I mean, yeah. I'm sure you guys have heard about me at the time being like just a young ripper living out in the a country. Young sh- a young, young drum yeah. shredder, yes. And, uh, I remember looking up your first YouTube videos before. Are we being serious now? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Job for a cowboy. <laughs> yeah. You, you did like Entities. some, I yeah. mean, in comparison, quality-wise. Awful. Awful quality, but I was like, just you could tell that like you were a good drummer. Yeah, I remember my homie Austin telling me about you. He was like, dude, we got this bad ass drummer. Oh, I was playing for Sharks Never Sleep yeah. at the time. Bad that's how, ass that's how drummer. I, yeah, because yeah. we were friends right. with some of those guys, and right. uh, yeah, and, um, and Daniel, I think, was the one Daniel. who got you like yeah. Involved. Daniel Daniel Shapiro yeah. was played. He bass was the shark for Sharks Never Sleep. Yeah. yeah, he was part of the Shark Tank. For sure. <laughs> I love that. Dude, yeah. The Shark Tank, yeah. Yeah, the Shark Tank, man. That's really what brought me into that world because I had, I grew up. Shout out, shout out to those dudes. What, uh, what are they called? Never Sleep Now? Uh, Never, Never Sleep, sleep. yeah. yeah. Uh, they're a band from uh, Arizona still. Yeah. And uh, yeah, check them out. Yeah, check them out. Eric Ramos, Ryan yeah. Milosevic. Ryan Milosevic, yeah. And uh, yeah, that was like my real kind of introduction into like the metal world in Arizona because I played for my main band was this band called Sleepwalker and uh, I, remember, I remember them yeah, yeah that's yeah. right that's, that's right. who I was playing for at the time did like Sleepwalker mainly. ever play any shows with the word alive or yeah what yeah. like I thought we did yeah because yeah. I remember like when your name got brought up I was like oh I know that I know that name I know the the band yeah I feel like you guys were on tour with I said the kill Yes, like we were on a tour with I Set to Kill. Yeah, yeah. 2009. And we, so, oh, we, on that tour, um, we had, like, a, uh, maybe not that show, but I think a lot of the shows, it was like a contest thing through Revolver to be, to open the tour. And it was us, Ice Nine Kills, and... East of Eden? East of Eden. East of Eden. And then they had, like, contests in most of the cities for local bands to open the tour yeah. which yeah. all of us at the time were small bands mm-hmm. like the tour was not big but it was still really cool because there would be nights where we'd be like damn this band is actually really sick yeah and you know obviously like you guys were probably one of the best you know bands of of that whole yeah probably whole thing <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh serious but, uh, yeah uh, probably I just, like i don't really i remember like i'm trying to think back to that show and it's like the really the only thing I remember, because this might have been like the first show I played that wasn't like a local showcase type show that was at like the sets or some shit. This was at the yeah. clubhouse. Yeah. Okay. R.I.P. Man. One R. of the greatest venues house. in Arizona. Yeah, in my one opinion. of the greatest venues. It wasn't very big and it was kind of dingy. But that was where Tony and I and the Matt scene, the grew scene up. Playing. Was yeah. just popping. Yeah. Then yeah. like people like came 500? to shows every weekend. I remember me coming to Arizona, having lived in Ohio and then California right before. There, it reminded me of like how Soma side stage shows were mm-hmm. for for Southern California. That was totally clubhouse Cause, vibes. Because yeah. I lived I lived in Oceanside when I was in in Fear and Faith, and my first introduction into like really the local scene there was that band. And 
same kind of thing. San Diego local scene was insane at that time. And I remember playing um, with In Fear and Faith. We played Metal D2. And I think it was at the Metal time. Metal D2. Metal and Devastation. Metal Devastation. Yeah, and that's right. that was my first time playing a show in Arizona ever. I remember I went and there one time I and I left went. almost immediately because I w- tried to walk in and I literally almost got like moshed in the face, like yeah. punched in the it face. Was brutal. And I literally left right away. I didn't we didn't we play there one time? With the Devil pl- Wears Prada. With the Devil Wears yeah. Prada, that's right. Because I remember the second coming back there, I was telling people the story and they were like, Oh, you're kind we of a pussy. We played a couple <laughs> times, I think, there. I think so. Yeah, I think we played two uh, times w- when I was in the band. Yeah. And one time was really good, and one time was like towards the end of it when they were like, oh, this venue is probably not going to be I think we got shot down, or shut down because of like a shooting or something. Yeah. Yeah, the, I mean, it was not something to do horrible. With it was not, yeah. yeah it was horrible. not the best venue or area. But I, don't, I, I just went. remember like even back then, like Clubhouse was being talked about. Like in when I lived in Ohio seeing like videos from other bands and different things like bless the fall like clubhouse was like a venue that like for for me being a person not from arizona i had built up in my head it's kind of like chain reaction where if you never played there you've never been there you just know the name and you know the shows are crazy so you just picture the craziest venue and then it's in a shopping center like hole in the wall like place but it's just like everyone showed up yeah. It, it was back when everyone just went to shows, supported local bands, and um, yeah, so I mean, that show was probably still really, really sick, and it, it was such a weird thing because we had had um, our drummer, Justin Salinas, who joined for Deceiver, and we had been riding life cycles, and it was getting closer and closer to the time when we had already had booked to record the album, and he let us know he was going to be, you know, he just wanted to like have a normal job and he was like really like just he had been touring I want to he had been touring for years before years us. before us yeah so he was just like I want to um I want to just go home hang out with my girlfriend get a normal job and I just I think I'm over touring and you know some people it gets like that some people obviously can go longer than others some people are meant to be on tour all the time and uh so long story short, we were like, we need a drummer to record drums for. We our all were album. kind of freaking out because we had like a week before we yeah. were supposed to leave that Justin had left the band. He was like, dude, I, I remember he called me. He's like, I know that like you know you're probably like stressed, gonna be stressed out, and like you know I'm really sorry. Uh, and so instantly it was like, who do we know that can shred the skins? Yeah, yeah. We and we were looking for yeah, someone. We we're like, yeah. like, who could we like get a hire on or something or whatever? And Daniel uh, Shapiro, our bass player, um, was like, "Yo, dude, like, I have a really good buddy. I was in a band with. He's an excellent drummer, and I think he would kill it." And we we're like, "All right, let's go try him out. Let's go jam with them." And they went down to uh, was it Underdog well, Studios. Daniel yep. texted me while I was at practice with Sleepwalker. Oh, okay. He or he texted me. He called me. I didn't answer. And then he texted me and he was like, hey, I need to talk to you. And I was like, I'm at practice right now. <laughs> Daniel. And then he, <laughs> he's like, I was like, uh, give me a second. So I, I remember I went outside because like Sleepwalker had like a studio practice space at one of their houses. It was actually really sick. But um, I remember I went outside and I was like pacing around out there. And Dan's like, yo, Justin quit the band, dude. And we're recording this album. Um, would you be down to record it for us? And I was like, 
because uh, I remember at the time, like, I didn't understand like how serious it was, because I, I was like so green, you know. Yeah. I just played for bands a bunch, and that's yeah. all it was. I yeah. never had any, like, I never had any like idea that I would ever make a career out of drums. I just always did it for fun, you know. I was kind mm-hmm. of lost at the time. I was like, I had, I was in college. I think I think I had just finished a semester of college, and I was just kind of chilling, figuring out what I was gonna do with my life. So he's like, he asked if I'd, if I'd do the record. And I was like, I don't know, man. I'm in, I'm in this band right now. And I was like, I feel like they would get like really bummed if I like went and did something like this. But then he kind of like sold me on it. Daniel, <laughs> our, you know. Great salesman. Yeah, it yeah. was the best salesman. And you could, he could talk anyone into anything because yeah. he's just so likable. Yeah. You know Such what I mean? And he totally, he, I, could, I could imagine him talking. So to very, him. very like. Great energy. Yeah, eccentric, like, guy, yeah. like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. super, super cool. But playing for another band is like cheating on a girl. It totally is. So, I, to me, that's all I was thinking about. I was like, this is going to make They're my other like band really jealous if yeah. I do Shit. something like this because <laughs> you guys are obviously signed. So, I don't remember if I told and the guys. And it was Joey Sturgis, too. It wasn't just I had no fucking idea at the who time, he was at like, the time. Okay, cool. Literally yeah. no idea nothing knew nothing about music for sure or anything like that like the the business side or what was going on behind the scenes you know because this was a myspace still uh no. this was no. facebook this, was po- this facebook just start yeah this was, was like no facebook, facebook had been right out years, this is like right in the beginning of instagram this That's is yeah. right i started yeah. my instagram it started while we were recording the joey album. sturgis studio yeah. yeah yeah but so I, I can't remember if i told the band or not on the spot <laughs> i was gonna do it i Sorry, think guys I think I might have waited. A c- oh, actually, no, because I, I, oh, and Dan's like, we leave in three days. Yeah, this was the kicker. And that, OK, now it's all coming back to me. I was like, that is a lot of pressure. But I was like, yeah, let's do it. I was like, yeah. let's do it. 100 percent. Let's do it. And I went into work and I was like, yo, I'm going to record this album for this band, blah, blah, blah. They were super supportive. They're like, dude, hell yeah. Whatever you need, man, we'll get someone to cover you for the week. That's awesome. Or whatever. How long? Yeah. So. It was crazy times because that was like the real like beginning beginning stages of us, especially me and you, Zach, were like diving into like doing demos, Demoing, and recording dude. like off oh logic and shit. And we were not good at it. Dude, that was <laughs> I remember and it was such like uh like dude, we're ba- we I mean we basically like like writing those, like, you know what I mean? Trying to write those songs, you know what I mean? And the, and the ideas that we had. Because I remember, like, you know, all of, like... And there's a very different sound on the album. Because, yeah. dude, we had... What did we have? Like, 25... We brought Joey Sturgis, probably the most demos he's probably oh, ever yeah. been brought. Uh, like, literally. And, like, I'm sure, math that was, like, insane to you. Because we didn't really know what was going to get chosen and what wasn't. Yeah, we had a lot of songs. We had literally, like... This is, like, when Easy Drummer came out, too. Yeah, it was so Easy and Superior Drummer. This was, yeah. like, the introduction drum to guitar player. Yeah, yeah, this was the introduction to guitar players writing drum parts for drummers. Yeah. <laughs> drum yeah. kit from hell. Drum yeah. kit from hell. Yeah. So I, I, do, I do remember, like, Joey being like, you guys know that some of this is impossible to be played by a human. Yeah. <laughs> it was a drummer drive. from hell. Yeah. It was like your right arm would be like hitting the crash while it's also hitting like a splash cymbal while your left hand is, is doing a fill. Yeah. I'll be I'll be totally honest with you. Um, I think back to 
the days of writing some of those life cycles demos like Dragon Spell, um, Turkish Royal, which for our you know Patreon, um, I, don't I don't know if they're going to get to. I hear don't it. know if they're going to get to hear that, but that is an, an amazing. Uh, you know, we recorded that at Joey's actually. I think we're we might we one. might save we're that. Sa- we're saving that one for something for some for something. But one day you will hear it. Um, uh, but like you know, Dragon Spell especially. Just I remember just like. Um, and like smoke monster, like demoing this stuff out. That was one of my favorite eras of like when life was just like, you know what I mean? Just chill, play Halo and record songs. And like, you know what I mean? That was like one of the best times for me in my life. Like, um, you know, and like one of the most creative times too. That was when I really started to find like, cause I, I had never really written song by myself, you know? That was the beginning. It's funny you, you have that perspective of it. Cause for me, that was like one of my least favorite times of being in the band. I'm and talking I, about like, de- yeah, exactly. And yeah, it was, sure. I felt like it was like you versus Tony. It was in a weird way, demo wise. Yeah, Seriously. there was it definitely was, there like, were Tony like songs. Uns- there were Zach songs. Yeah. Yeah. Was like and then I'm uns- like in the middle having to demo vocals to like everything. Two different yeah. styles of songs. And they were too. very, yeah, they were very different. Yeah. And then Joey, you know, was like very like, you should do this and sound like this. For me, that was the worst time of being in the band. <laughs> For sure. And but that was funny. when I, I met you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That was well, though, it's I've ironically the and it's it's before and it was when I was by myself, but it was just like the ex, the excitement of like cuz like I was super stoked going to Joey Sturgis. And I remember how like competitive it was like, you know what I mean? Not that like that's what like why I was like I liked the, the time era, but it was like like and it was like more of like a in retrospect, well, you know what I, mean, I think, type deal. I think you guys probably had to get through that stage of to your like songwriting, like learning, oh, yeah. because the totally. band had been so like overly collaborative. But you know, this it was the start of the split of where like everyone's individual influences were yeah. like having a hard time meshing all of them. Mm-hmm. Totally, because I think like we had been this like every idea is like a great idea thing. And we like let that We're get so, out of control. Yeah. Like we let it get to the point where it was like everyone was starting. Feelings to like grow definitely in, got in, hurt. In, well, sure. they were like growing yeah. into. We were growing into individuals and not just like dudes in a band that like l- just love music and yeah. everything was great. It was like well, now whoa. everyone's what twenty two and 23? 22, so 23 years Whoa. old. Not even twenty three. Yeah, I was about twenty one, twenty two. I was twenty. 20 yeah, I, was, I, I had been. Tw- I had just turned, or I was about to turn twenty two. Or twenty three. I was, was twenty five when we were recording. Yeah, I was twenty three. So then I was uh, twenty three because sure. yours. Yeah, I was twenty three too then, uh, or I was I was about to turn twenty three. It was one of that. I was yeah. Um, I was twenty five and I turned twenty six right after. Such um, a young. You're really becoming a man. You know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Twenty two. Yeah. We were becoming like men, and like it was. I had like, just lost my virginity. Yeah. There. <laughs> really? Not even kidding. I really? Th- yeah, dude. At I had no That's idea. That's why I dude. know I was 23. I did not know that. <laughs> that is crazy. I did not know that at all. Um, I did not know that either. Now <laughs> and now everyone knows. Now yeah, everyone now everyone knows. knows. There you go. Um, <laughs> I'm hoping that it'll happen for me soon. Yeah. You know, hang. I just turned man. 34 now, so I, I'm hoping by 35 I can. You might not it. even need to do it, dude. To be honest. I mean, I, this rate I've gone so long. Yeah. <laughs> it's life's better without yeah. it. Yeah. Save it for God. Yeah. Well, I mean, at that time. I I I can't remember exactly, but we all didn't go out together to the studio. No, no, yeah, we didn't go out. So it was uh, we drove. It was I think Daniel Tony rented a crazy ass. Oh my the gosh, crate van. borrowed. So I remember we didn't because we parted ways with Dusty. 
too. That right was before right before the song. Yeah, because yeah. it was right when like we were you know doing all those demos and stuff. We started writing a lot of the. The, you know, key- the, the keyboard, keyboard electronic stuff. components. Yeah, electronic Mac's, stuff. MacBooks got way more powerful. Yeah, at and this time. like and you it know, was our well, but you guys had thing. to because yeah. it, Dusty and Justin left within one month of each other. But we hadn't announced either, and we announced both at the same time. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, so it was crazy. Yeah, which is you know for a lot of bands losing two members like it's and it was a big deal for us at the time. But in a yeah. weird way, it really like pushed you guys, and I think that is also a part of the. The guitar like duo like separating is you guys were putting so much time into f- learning how to do this other new thing yeah. that you were, which you boosted were, us to write exactly. full songs like, and like it, you know what I mean yeah like it really pushed like put the fire. But it was under like us. this race of like who's gonna like get better faster and do this, which is great it, and it was a necessary. Like, Tony evil, and I, so if to you speak. don't know, have always been kind of that because uh, we. I remember seeing him play. We were in. I was in a band called I Set to Kill, um, who's still around. And Tony was in a, a super, actually sick local band called the Kerosene Kids, <laughs> which was uh, who's now basically the main. Um, and uh, I remember seeing this dude play and being like, "Yo, this dude is the top dog in the scene, <laughs> guitar player wise. Swear to God." And like, you know what Lord I mean? And like, I was like, "I gotta, I gotta meet him. I gotta hang out with him." You know what I mean? So, like, I remember seeing him at shows and stuff, and uh, we've always had this, like, you know what I mean? Like, a healthy, competitive, like, we pushed each other so much, oh, and yeah, I'm so absolutely. thankful. Yeah. yeah, I'm so thankful for that, like, you know what I mean? Like, Yeah, it was, like, it was, like, the unspoken, like, competition, totally. but it wasn't, like, to be... It wasn't because we were, like, trying, trying to, to be beat better, beat yeah. It was just, like, we were just, like, fuck, like, we need to get better and better I better, see Tony like, doing this thing, and I'm, like, well, I gotta I got learn this thing. Yeah, I like, remember, like, an example was, like, when... Um, we were on tour of Skate's airplane, and Tony learned economy picking. Oh yeah. Oh, uh, economy from, picking from uh, Zach. Zach. And yeah. I remember, like, it was like, well, now Zach is like, I don't know I, economy picking. I, I had to learn sweeping. I've sure like, never heard yeah, that term in my it, entire it, life. It's like it, it was like the thing, like one of you would like unlock another level of like guitar playing mm-hmm. or songwriting or, and something. then the other and then would the get other pushed. One, the other and, one would then, then have to like do the same thing mm-hmm. because. How we've done almost every single Word Alive song, not every Word Alive song, but up to that point is every part we had a solo, it was split in half. Yeah. Like every time someone got to shine, the other person had an equal time to shine. Exactly. And Life Cycles was the first album where there was was like solos and then there was Tony solos. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like, well, I already wrote this whole song. Mm -hmm. I'm attached to this. And we were exactly. so attached to it's the supposed parts. to be and like oh, this. Oh yeah, we were so, so then attached. instead totally. of instead yeah. of us like looking at everything and being like, well, this is great, and here let's trim the fat on here, because no one wanted to like hurt each other's feelings in any way. We like used everything. There was like no fat trimming. We recorded really literally fourteen. How many songs? No, we seventeen okay. songs. So, yeah, got officially going, recorded. We skipped oh. this part, but going. I think before we went on this tangent, we were. I was talking about how we had. I had three days. Yeah, yeah. Three days. After I agreed to do this record, I was like, we got three days. And then you sent me the demos, I think. And we met up at some studio. Underdog. Underdog Studios. And we jammed them. And I feel like I performed terribly. What's the song that's like. Dun, 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 dun. Hidden Lakes. Yeah. That was the first song I ever played. To with another Word Alive member. It was me and Tony. Yeah. And I remember I was so nervous, straight up could not rem- could not figure that 
Those were uh, some of like looking back. That was when we were really writing some seriously techie stuff. And the band could have gone in like almost a totally different direction. Yeah. In a weird way. Mm -hmm. Because we were, that album is hard to play on guitar. It's hard to play on drums. It's hard to play on bass. The vocal, it's hard to keep up vocally. You know what I mean? Like it's a, it's a techie ass Mm -hmm. album. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, but there was 17, 17 of those demos that I had. Yeah. uh, I just, I remember on the drive, we rented Lorne Battle's shitty van. That had a one of the worst vans I've ever shitty. So unsafe. It had an antifreeze leak the entire time. The whole front windshield was shattered. Yeah, like it was cracked. Yeah, we We felt in at home inside of it though. With you guys, no, I didn't. I flew in in. and then I ended up flying out and then I had to come back again. Yeah, to like rap, but because we had shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. home. Yeah, so like that whole thing. I left the studio. This is the only time this happened, and I almost quit the band. And yeah. because of, uh, of, in big part, a lack of like communication. Totally. Which, like just like side life note, communication is like one of the Key. most important things in any relationship. But we were there and like, I think because I kind of missed like a little bit of the start of the record, it was kind of like when there's like a camaraderie and a vibe and then you just like come in and you know that you're like the odd man out to like, mi- like the inside jokes and you're like, yeah. I don't know what's happening. And it felt like there was an idea of what the vocals should be before I got there. And then it would be like, Joe would be like, no, this idea is not good. And there was no like... I do remember he was very, very tough. Very, very hard on hard, But not in a constructive way at the time. Which is something we we communicated later in life. And me and Joey are good friends now. But at the time, he wasn't really producing me. He was like very invested in the music and had like a exact like idea I think of like what the vocals should be or you guys had all chatted of what you wanted it to be and any idea I came up with that wasn't like pretty much that was like no that's wrong and so like me trying to be creative too I'm like well if none of these ideas are good then maybe I shouldn't be in the band and I flew home and took a little bit of time off I went to California our manager at the time Sean Keith um Thankfully, this was the best. Th- looking back, all of it w- happened helped for the a band reason in the yes. big picture. Yeah. But like yeah. the fact that we didn't break up in this time period is crazy. Is crazy. Is actually we crazy. Had, uh, yeah. I think the hardest time of our career was, was, was actually from like 2011 to 2013. Like there was like mm-hmm. a weird like I agree membership. We had had a management change. We had booking change. We had. Yeah, the, uh, w- writing the record. I ended up writing and recording the record Styles in California. Styles of music were changing. And everything exactly. was changing. Everyone wanted yeah. a different. Everyone had a different vision for what the song should be, and we didn't have a really productive way of communicating that and coming to an agreement. So I would get like an email from Joey with demos, and he'd be like, "This song," and it w- he would like in a company like a YouTube video, and he'd be like, "Write something exactly like this," and then so I was like. That's not how I write. And the songs would not correlate whatsoever. Not necessarily at all. And he would take something, but like what at the time, and I'm not trying to throw Joey under the bus, but because I completely understand looking back, I'm like, you guys were like making the record and I'm like this outside like thing. 
and I'm recording with Alan Hessler, who had like worked like the U's and other things, and we had like this super California, like laid back, like the sessions were so much fun. But it was like very similar to kind of like how Monomania was. Yeah, where like we were freezing our asses off. And oh, they, we were. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you guys were in the middle of nowhere. Playing Halo. Connor, playing Halo. Yeah. yeah. Like Just horrible sleep schedules. So bad. Like oh, it, Connorsville, Indiana. In the, like Taco Bell. Let's and talk Walmart. about Connorsville, Indiana. Okay. Walmart. Let's, let's set the period. Here. That's it. Yeah, there just so you Walmart. guys can know the difference of what my experience was and then why it made it even worse for all of us. So you guys break down. How was the weather? We pulled up, dude. Tiny town. No cell phone service road, unless you nothing. walk outside. Yeah. yeah. Burger King, Walmart. There's, there's a Burger King and a Walmart McDonald's and a uh, yeah. Pizza Hut. And that's literally, there's, and then there's like, Ten Snow. miles in the in the other direction, there's like another little area of town. Yeah, but like you didn't go there. You just went to Walmart, which was twenty five minute drive. Yeah, yeah twenty was, minute drive. Far. Yeah, like we were just in the middle of nowhere, yeah. freezing cold. Um, no cell phone service in the house unless like you walked outside by a little lake. Yeah, yeah. and which was, was frozen. Yeah, <laughs> it was just so so cold. We were. Honestly, we were like losing it. I th- I really feel like at a time like we were Ugh. going a little delirious because just like really unhealthy sleep schedule. Like we would record like really late at night sometimes, and we'd Literally, wake up really early. It would be ten o'clock at night, and Joey, not to mention, it, but it would be ten o'clock at night until six five six a.m. And then Joey would be like, "I'm gonna take a little nap." Joey's parents would be there, who were who were cool people. Uh, Joey's was it? It was Joey's parents, yeah, and. Yeah. Um, it was just like uh, such a weird dynamic, um, which I'm sure, you know, there's other bands. Not yeah. to even I say this was a bad experience, but like there were so many other bands. That I'm sure that like I don't know if they've ever talked about it, but in the band scene, people have talked about it. And like, you know what I mean? It was it was a different situation because you get this amazing product from this house in Connersville, Indiana. Yeah, this tiny little house that yeah. became it was morphed into a studio. I was only there for the first two weeks. So we but were. It was still a weird schedule because we wouldn't start recording drums till like three p.m. Mm, yeah. So we're all just like staying up till I don't know. I feel I don't remember staying up too late, but I, I feel I like we're to like two or three. <laughs> I, would till to, I would go to bed when the sun was coming yeah. up. <clears throat> six, five, Sometimes. six, seven a.m. I would. Yeah. Go, I remember I would go to bed at a somewhat normal time. Yeah. But we would wake up in the morning because Nick Coons was there too. Yeah. Oh, so we would right. wake up. Me and Nick. <laughs> and like eat cereal Play and just kind of sit around and be like, well, so what's going on? Yeah. yeah. It was such when a weird Joey left <laughs> the studio. Um, he went on vacation. He went on vacation. Oh, yeah. yeah. Valentine's Day. While I we forgot, were chilling in the studio. Right now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then what? Nick Samson kind of came Nick in. Nick Samson came yeah. in. Yeah. And, and, and Phil, uh, Phil, uh, yeah, from I'm Dr- Abomination. Or, yeah. Phil D from, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm Abomination was that saved part of the record oh, at yeah. least in my eyes because nick we could really really we became pretty good friends with nick and phil i feel like yeah. really good friends we got to hone in on like guitars and stuff totally with nick. yeah and he like really pushed me as a guitar Dude, nick's player nick's a great he great is guitar player incredible guitar in player incredible guitar Dude, like player. he helped like he wrote like my he part wrote, of the he solo wrote a couple of, parts of, uh, of, the, of like yeah. uh, room 126 my part of it like he was like he's just so good he's such a great guitar player yeah that whole quick on um uh, for, uh, what was what did we record? Uh, it was um, Cubase. 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 Yeah, so quick on Cubase. Um, yeah. yeah. So that uh, that whole like 
<laughs> that whole recording process was just very, very different from anything we've done. Um, you know, and it just like tell you was saying, chaos. yeah, it was chaotic. just chaotic. You know, we weren't yeah. all there together. There was like a little like, you know, unspoken competition because we were all just diving into you know the recording stuff totally and trying to fill in, you know, parts that like we had other members were doing like the electronic when stuff. When Daniel was starting to try to like incorporate some yeah, writing ideas exactly. for the first time, which yeah. had never happened because mm-hmm. it had only been usually like us three yep. Like, yep. coming up with any concept for like any yeah. song. So it was like the first time where another, not just another person was a new member coming in and, but then recognizing, okay, you're really creative and talented too. And so incorporating that into all this already chaotic situation meanwhile i'm in california like super chill our friend casey uh watson uh come out and like rented this huge house and he was like well if you're recording he's like might as well stay come here chill like, Casey's so i'm like bouncing shout between casey, like yeah. casey's huge house on the beach ash avildsen's house jj kasiri's house and sean's house all were like the sickest houses and I, so i'm like and then I'm recording with like just such a great laid back. Alan's like very soft spoken. Like, yeah, let's keep trying some more. That's a great take. You're doing so good. Like, <laughs> so like having that like, and then like I would submit ideas that we would be really stoked on. You're in the chill I, vibe, and you came to the house, the cr- like the crack house, the crack house. Yeah. Like we were like yeah. fucking. <laughs> we were like literally, we were losing our fucking minds. It, None it of us ever knew what the fuck was going on. We were this is what I was saying. Like I would wake up, out. and me and Nick would but eat cereal. Just, we'd and wake around. up. I would wake up at at five a.m. If I, you know, assuming that I went to bed. And I'm, w- I'm woken up by the sweet scent of a cigarette. <laughs> and it's just like, <laughs> yeah. all right, about to get time to get the day going. It was the most, the it's most fucking 12 degrees. Yeah. It was the most sober, but sl- strung out house we've ever been to. Yeah, because like it was a sober house. That's right. But yeah. I mean, you know what I mean? I think his dad would, s- would sneak cigs <laughs> or something. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, there was smoking in the house. Yeah, there, there were smoking, smoking cigarettes, but like we weren't house. allowed to bring. I don't think we were allowed to bring any alcohol. No, no, no alcohol, no weed. Which Nothing. for me at the time, you know what I mean. I definitely mm-hmm. smoke. You know, I'm, I'm pretty. We sure. were all smoking of, weed in the bathroom. All of our listeners guys, know which. We okay, were. I was smoking weed in the house. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> but like I was really, which really. Which Joey knew the whole time. He knew by the, the whole way. time. Joey knew the whole time. Which I, t- we talked about. <laughs> I don't think he was very happy about it. But he Daniel was upset. He was not. He was so upset. He was not happy. He was like, if you're going to do it, you have to do it outside by the garage or whatever. And we were just in the bathroom. Actually, it out the window. funny story. <laughs> oh so we, God. Daniel and I, were like, okay, fine, because so we'd go in the we'd go in the garage, and I remember we sat there, and this is we listened to because the garage and the studio were like kind of like right next to each other, right yeah. next to each other. So we were literally just in the garage, or in the studio, and then in, in the garage, and then in the studio, in the garage for like Four. three days, yeah. and we s- tried to make this thing for Fearless, this videotape. We had a thing. Oh yeah. And uh, dude, it was so we were just talking. Because we were cooped up in this house. We were so cooped we up. We were oh talking. I mean, you know what I mean? There's just like that thing of living in such a, like such a small... It was living in a big town and then going to the smallest town. It was... And... It's like being in quarantine times 10. Times 10. Because we were just... Because there's a world outside yeah, we were, <laughs> to we were, go out in. Yeah, like, there was nothing yeah. there, even if we wanted to go out. No, yeah. And then also, you like, would die if you stayed outside yeah, too long. So it was fucking it five degrees. So yeah, cold. So cold. And, and then it was a weird. You know what I mean? Like it was this negative energy. It was like, a weird that, energy. To, yeah. to put it as simple as possible, and you know, then I'm getting these emails like, nope, 
that's not it. Nope. And I was getting so and frustrated. And Telly's trying so hard at the, you know what I mean? Like, we, yeah, we back, would like, spend Telly's hours trying. and hours and hours, and I'm like really believing all this stuff. And then and it was just all of it. What? No. Cra- what but like, what? Just getting to like the album and what did like become the core of it is like the turning point was Life Cycles, yep. the song. Like, I sent this version and it wasn't right because originally I, I had been sent the demo and I was, I was actually living in Las Vegas at the time. And I heard the demo, and I was like kind of hearing it as compared to the rest of the record. I was like, oh, I think this would be cool, like an interlude track. Like, yeah. because it was so different mm-hmm. from the rest of the record, which was a lot of it was metalcore, more metally like driven songs. That's right. Yeah, so I was like, yeah. I was like picturing, and the demo too, because we were just starting a demo. Yeah. I was like, I don't think I really grasped yeah. the dynamic range of the song yet, because mm-hmm. it was like, Flat. Very flat sounding, yeah. Um, and then, so I sent this version and then um, got a very stern, like, no. And I remember being so frustrated and I went and I was with Ash and JJ. So Ash Avildsen owns Sumerian Records. JJ Kassiri uh, is a booking agent. Um, JJ booked the band, like, early on in our career for several years and then it actually switched and ash booked us for a while while he was doing booking and yeah got us some great tours actually uh, yeah i mean ash yeah. did ash i um, both of them were both of them were yeah, integral in like certain stages of our career but i will never forget like i was so frustrated and me and alan um ash jj i think we had gone to dinner and they were like just asking casually like about the record ash didn't work with us yet at yeah. all and we went back to JJ's house and he was like, play, play that song like that you're having pro- problems with. Because Ash does have a great like ear for things. And he is actually he was a musician, too. Like he, mm-hmm. he and he understands in a lot of different music. Yeah, and um, sure. yeah. And a lot of people don't know that Ash was in a band and toured like, you know, so he knows what it's like. And he also knows like what it's like to be like frustrated about trying to write a song. So I was expressing myself that I was very frustrated and that I just I didn't understand what was missing or that what I was doing wrong. Mm-hmm. And I showed him the lyrics and he's like he loved the lyrics. And he's like these are great. And then he was like show me what you were doing and I only had the instrumental so I was like singing what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And he was like and then I told him what you guys kind of like we're saying you wanted like a this anthemic like yeah. thing like kind of like very thricey. Oh like, yeah, that's like when yeah. yeah. And so then he was like, oh, he was like, and he, it just clicked for him. Like he knew and he was like, I want you to sing this song to me like you are singing it at a campfire, but like really passionately, like you're just don't care who hears you, whatever. And, and he was like, sing this How was line that for you? from the song. Like, like at, in the moment just to be like, well, so he picked out the lyrics that became like the iconic lyrics. Like I'd rather die for what I believed and live a life without meaning. Like that line was in the version that I did before. And he was like, this is the song. Yeah. Was he that not like it, the it, main part in your original no, lyrics? It was a small part, part of one section. And he literally read that lyric and he was like, that is the song. That's literally a direct quote. Like, that is the song. And he was like, but you're saying something so fucking powerful. He was like, and he was like sitting closer than we are right now. Like from me to the computer, which I can almost touch if I reach out. An just arm's so can, length away. Yeah. And he was like, sing it to me. And so I started and he's like, no. And he was like, make me believe it. And I was like, 
it, uh, the wheels were starting to turn, but it hadn't clicked. And I was equally as frustrated at him as I was with the situation of the song. And he was like, no, he was like, he was like, sing it to me. He's like, make me believe it, sing it. And I literally was like almost blowing out my voice and did what became, he just had me do it over and over and over again. He was like, more, more. And he just kept pushing me, which for me, like if you push my buttons, like you can push me so far and I'm like very calm and I, I feel like I'm a pretty patient person. But when it comes to music and like being creative and like something that you're like writing from your heart, like I was taking it personal. And because I was taking it personal, it was getting bigger and bigger and gradually more aggressive. And he was like that. He was like, go in the studio tomorrow, start it like this, end it there. And he was like, and whatever happens after that, he's like, happens. He was like, you'll just know. And I literally went in the next morning and did that and then wrote the rest of the song in literally like 30 minutes and sent that. And that was the first thing that I sent and Joey's email back, which this was also a part of the problem was you guys weren't on all the emails. Mm -hmm. So I was was on none of the emails. So the emails that we were getting weren't necessarily even what the band was saying or their feedback was. But I thought it was. I thought Joey was just taking verbatim what the band was saying. And I'm like, fuck these guys. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. like, not good. And, and so like, so I was writing from a place like that for the start of the recording process. <clears throat> then life cycles happens and it changed everything. Life cycles and astral plane. Like, that did change everything. Because then it was the like process, back to back yeah. songs that everyone was like, there like life cycles was like, so this is perfect. I did astral plane and it, it, it didn't change. Like astral yeah. plane, how my idea is literally how it, it was is. Perfect, yeah. And the response was, this is it. This is perfect. And from that point on, I think I did like Dragon Spell and dialed that in more. And like, I just went through the songs and I was like, I had uh, like a guide. Like I knew like what the centerpiece of the record was and then I could branch out from there. Mm-hmm. The only other problem from that point was there were songs that I wasn't into or parts that I wasn't into, but because of where, where you guys were at, it was yeah. like... Joey's response would be like, this is the song. You got to make it work. Mm. And he recorded final versions of the song. That was the same so issue. So yeah, then when the I... Issue. It was weird because we never so done it like that. We'd never done and it like so that like before, if, yeah. if me and Alan were like, this is great, but this part is like should be half as long. Joey was like, no, this is how long the part is. And we were just like, okay. And Shit. so like, I felt like there was a lot of fat trimming that like now we've learned in our career and we would all probably agree we could go back through and like Mm -hmm. we would trim certain things or maybe entire totally but totally or take this song like how we've done with like monomania like and use it with we'd be like oh this is great and this would work perfectly with this we didn't do any of that back then it was just what you see is what you get and this song works yes or no so like for me life cycles which changed our career because of that song um it elevated us you know they they talk about like the sophomore slump. Like we didn't have a sophomore slump, but in a weird way we did. Like the camaraderie internally within the band kind of, inter- yeah. internally went down prior to the record. Exactly, was a sophomore slump. But yeah, but the, record the record's itself, release because of the song, and I think like it really kept us together. Mm-hmm. It did. I think if that record and that song hadn't have blown up, we probably would have broken up because we were probably. all like not in the best place, and we well, weren't at a point where we were making money still. And we were making money, but we were spending a lot of we money. We were blowing money because all because we were trying tour, to like yeah like we CD were trying to out. like right before we that, thought yeah. that perception 
was like everything. And by blowing money, we're not talking about buying Gucci. We're talking about we we took a bus. Yeah, hiring too much crew. We hired like a gigantic crew, which we love all of them. We're friends today. We upped our gear a little bit. We just were doing things like we were skipping steps that, you know, looking back, like what I would tell any young band is that doesn't matter. You know, touring yeah. in a van until DIY you can afford to possible. tour in a bus is the smartest thing financially you could we do. We just wanted to look cool. Yeah. yeah. And, and we saw peers in different bands and we're like, this is what you're supposed to do. So we just did that. But that, so that time of the band was really hard and strenuous, but it was a huge learning process that getting through that, I think, set us up to get through everything else we ever went mm-hmm. through. So yeah. like it, it was n- a necessary evil within the storyline of the word alive totally. to have made an album like that in not ideal um, circumstances, make it through that. We ended up, you know, Luke joined the band, but like in, because of that happening and you being a part of that record, you were always in the back of our minds. Yeah, it brought me back to the band. Because you killed it. And we tech. knew that you yeah. could play everything, yeah. and you mm-hmm. did it with like no notice, basically. Mm-hmm. You didn't you do everything like. Literally, you recorded everything Part in like a day. five days or something. The first time, a couple days. What you hear on that record is my first time ever playing any of the songs on a real kit. Yeah, for the most part. You Besides, like yeah. the song we jammed. Yeah, you were at, just doing with on me and you. Little drum pads. And yeah, well, yeah. Like the, while all this turmoil was going on between these three, I was in the bunk room. Yeah, on my practice pads. Just trying to memorize yeah. as much as In I could to make Indiana. to make so the recording process easy. Such a weird time, but like you know what I mean. Like in I was like doing the same too, though. Like writing vocals in the studio, but like you have to record them this day. Yeah, like yeah. it would because we didn't have that much time. No, no, like we really in didn't. the studio yeah. for how much was written yeah. in the studio. Mm-hmm. Seventeen like, songs is a lot of songs. No one does when that. every person has to record. Their parts four yeah. EPs. Yeah, it's <laughs> not Basically, like yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. But I mean, we learned so much of what not to do. But we also like touched on something that changed our careers and the the emotional impact that we had on fans and the connection that we made. The Life Cycles music video is like one of our favorite experiences changed we ever lives. had. Like yeah. seeing yeah. people like care about our band, care about the words, mm-hmm. and relate. Tattoos. Yeah. Yep. Like so this is when people start tattooing yep. lyrics on their yeah. skin. Yeah, well, no one was really doing that with Empire and Deceiver. Life Cycles was the first time where that was Very first happening. time. Like, Absolutely. Yeah. What would you guys have to say is your favorite song off Life Cycles, Matt? For you, I guess you can ask. Just being like kind of an outside um, of situation. Hmm. It would probably have to be like off the top of my head. Like I really like Smoke Monster was like the one that I was like, this is fucking crazy. It was sick. That song, this instrumentally, song, like when we first did it, when we actually started hearing it like professionally, come out, it, yeah. I was like, holy fuck, that this was is the crazy. one like, I showed everybody yeah. at first. I was yeah. like, this is fucking nuts. Which is so funny because I heard that song and then vocally, I'm like, what the what fuck? Do I yeah, that what song is, is what not, am I supposed to do? That was yeah. that was an instrument that should have been an instrumental song. It should have been an instrumental song. Yeah. So, yeah. And there are some cool vocal parts, but. Really most are, and of, the chorus most is of catchy, them, yeah. Most of them, like I love the heavy parts. Actually, yeah. those parts I screamed, I liked. Yeah. Almost any of the singing, I personally was like, I don't really like 
this. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, hearted. I'm just doing this. I feel I'm like, it. is this what you is want? Yeah. I remember yeah. I flew out to California with that's you. That's right. Yeah, vocals, you did. That's and I was right. like, let's just work together. That's like, Daniel and I lost it. Yeah. <laughs> is when you left. I remember Daniel and I were like, yeah, what, what songs are we gonna do? finished when you were out there? I think we did. Um, it was like four songs, right? Yeah, it was Smoke Monster for sure. Yeah, because I was like, I don't know. We what didn't to know do. what to do. We just, you like, and me were just like, oh, yeah. Got it. And literally, we we're both sitting there like, I don't know. There's nothing that sounds good over this. Yeah. Like that. And then what was the uh, Ambitionary? Ambitionary. What's the bonus track? That S- uh, the Conscience is Fuck. my <laughs> third <laughs> favorite song. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Dude, that, that song should have been a single. That song to me yeah. is. Is one of the best songs on all of Life Cycles. Dude, I love that song. Astral Plane is my favorite song from the record, but it's because it's literally pure emotion and it's the closest to, like, at the time, I'm like, this is the most me out of any of the songs. A bit of a time capsule, too, for you. Yeah, like, it's just something that it's. It wasn't it was structured, like so it was cool. Like, but yeah, I think yeah. It, it foreshadowed just like the emotional integrity of a song yeah, that yeah. we did find a way to encapsulate into future songs. Yeah. Um, and and I, I loved it. Uh, Life Cycles, obviously, I mean, is is an iconic song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some of my favorite live It'd moments. Be too cliche to pick that song. Yeah, I, I honestly, I'm gonna have to say though, Life Cycles is <laughs> my yeah. favorite song off that album. I think I, you know, yeah. I think uh, yeah, that's I like because I. Didn't, I remember, like, I was, like, living in an apartment at that time, and it was, you know, like, we were starting to record shit and on our, on our own, and I was, like, writing that song, like, on the floor in, like, my bedroom, and, like, I remember, like, I had, like, I was just, I've always loved the band Thrice, you know, yeah. but I was, like, man, like, I want to do, like, the Word Alive version of, like, Image of the Invisible kind of thing, but, like, have it still weird and, like... yeah. I don't know, like it has mo- a fucking salsa. Beat. I remember, yeah. when, like, I remember when you oh, sent yeah, me that dude. Yeah, after, dude. after but you recorded it works. that. Yeah, it, like works in a way where you don't feel that. Yeah, like, it does not feel I out wanted, of place. Like, I was, I was with Daniel when when you sent that demo out, yeah. and we both listened to it, and we were like, dude, that was one of the is. one of the the instances when I was recording drums where I was like, I'm actually ready for this part. Yeah, because like doing jazz band and jazz ensemble, my entire life slayed that. I couldn't write it on the computer to know how to fucking do it. But it was like in my mind, I was like, I want it to be like that, like the fucking jungle. Yeah. Make like, it ethnic. Yeah, like yeah. super sexy. <laughs> it's funny. You wrote that on the floor of your bedroom and I wrote the lyrics on the floor of my living room. Yeah. Like I literally remember I set my computer out. Uh, my ex-girlfriend at the time was like gone working. It was just me alone in my apartment in Vegas. I was super depressed because I that had was no a weird friends. that was a crazy I just time. Moved to yeah. Vegas and I'm like because of her job that we just followed and I had no friends like literally zero yeah. friends there and I'm just got this song and I love Thrice too one of my favorite bands of all time so like I connected with it but I didn't get that from it yet yeah and I wrote the right idea I uh-huh. just executed it with the wrong emotion and but it's so funny that like we wrote it probably very similar mindsets mm-hmm. and i think that's what un- inevitably made the song so special yeah. is i th- do think the the lyrics the the type of vocals throughout the song and the music everything just like connected because i could actually relate and feel that whereas like some of the other songs it was like me writing parts to parts mm-hmm. like i wasn't like thinking of it as like a song, song and an yeah. emotion Life Cycles was the first song 
I could really truly remember writing where once I got that, like even I was like, this is undeniable. I'm like, I know that this is going to be this so This is going to work. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think that was the first time I, I really song. like felt that and like knew it and then was right. Mm. Yeah, we could time. honestly do an entire podcast on that one song. Probably. Yeah, literally, we yeah. probably should do an entire <laughs> podcast on what Life Cycles has well, done. Zach, what's your, what's your favorite one? I think like Life yeah. Cycles is especially playing it live. And you know, at the time, I don't think I would have all I would have said this is would it would be my favorite song. But you know, one hundred percent right now in my life, Life Cycles has like looking back at like some of the moments playing that song live and <clears throat> just the era and like. You know what I mean? Like has totally like put and installed some of like the best memories of live shows for me. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's totally like the crowd singing and playing that show or playing that song like, you know, all over the world um, and having like such a significant reaction was just like so cool. Definitely. So Life Cycles uh, and uh, um, Dragon Spell, like you know, honorable mention. Honorable mention to Dragon Spell because oh, yeah. that song that definitely. Song is you, dude. That's uh, that song is definitely that like. Was you, dude. I remember like you know like my friends in my room and like Halo's going on and like you know what I mean. There's just like we're like you know we got like I have a blue light bulb from Home Depot and like you know we're just so edgy at the time like we're mm. like holy cow like and then like I'm like programming like all the keys to Dragon Spell. Got a little and, like, uh, just shredding like Black Widow underneath I caught some glass. A Black Widow. Actually, this <laughs> is to Dragon Spell around these the song I was recording at the time. Uh, Black Widow in my backyard. Put it under a little glass and uh, just smoked it out and shredded to it. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? Shout out to that Black Widow and its family. And, um, you know, uh, for bringing it into yeah, the world, it, you know, it's uh, Black Widow's all good. Still have it. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's somewhere. Um, in yeah. My room. So that was uh, just that era. I think, you know what I mean? And to wrap up, like, you know, uh, life cycles, that was such a crazy time for the word alive yeah. and all of us individually. Um, but it so brought us closer throughout time, you know what I mean, D dealing, and I think it installed and instilled the fact that we were here to stay, you know what I mean, as a group, so. <laughs> I, um, yeah, I couldn't yeah. agree more. Well, I mean, yeah, that's our, that's our episode on life cycles. And that feels like we only brushed the surface, to be honest. Yeah. Seriously, the, there's so much more. I yeah. feel like that's going to be how all these are going to be, is yeah. going to be like that. Yeah, like we'll 100%. Have to come back and do more. Yeah, yeah. We can do more. Let us know what you think. Make sure you're rating this uh, episode five stars in the, your app store. This is The Word Alive. You're listening to T TWA Family Hour. Thank you so much to Telefunken for hooking us up with the mics as always and to our uh, podcast partner anchor um where you can create your own podcast and they will uh, make sure it gets out to all podcasting uh sites so thank you guys so much for listening we'll talk to you next week peace out peace. Peace.